You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, talk about another historic night in uh, Canadian basketball. It seems like I'm saying that pretty much every time I come on here, but it's been true pretty well every time, so uh, I don't feel bad about it. Six Canadians were drafted in the NBA draft. That's the most of any country besides the U.S. taken in one draft. Four in the first round, two in the second. And I can think of no better person to talk uh, about all these young players who just finished up their college careers than John Macklin. And John Macklin is the headmaster at Fredericton Christian Academy, longtime basketball coach and uh, hardcore college basketball fan. And uh, he is with me too talk about the NBA draft and, and who he's excited to watch. Uh, uh, John Macklin, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's good to be here. Excited to be back and uh, catching up with you. So what were your uh, first thoughts on the uh, 2019 NBA draft? Um, well, first of all, even before the draft, let's, ha- let's talk for two seconds about the <laughs> Raptors um, because that's been, a, that's been an awesome uh, um, season. I've been a Raptors fan for a while, so to see them, uh, to see them win the championship was, uh, was super exciting and, uh, and neat to see how they caught really the country and the, um, the viewership was just through the roof. I mean, half the country was watching the game, over half the country. So, um, so anyways, kudos to the Raptors, and uh, I'm happy for them and happy for our country and, uh, and looking forward to see what Leonard now decides to do. What was uh, Raptors fever like here at the school? Uh, oh, lots of <laughs> lots of kids. Lots of uh, actually, I think there was a lot of a uh, lot of students coming in pretty bleary eyed the next morning. Those late games, especially in the finals, were uh, were taking a toll. But I think there was a lot of parents and a lot of uh, students that were really excited about uh, about uh, seeing them and then just to see them win. I mean, I mean, we all probably had a little bit, if we're honest. Can they really do this? I mean, and 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 the reality is they beat the number one team overall from the regular season in the Bucks, uh, uh, and then to be really the five-time uh, returning, you know, to the finals uh, Golden, in Golden State. I mean, even without those guys being injured, they're just such a – there's a confidence. There's a – they just they're winners and they know what it takes to win and they believe in themselves. So just overcoming that, I mean, kudos to the Raptors. I mean, it was just uh, what an exciting time to be a part of. And uh, I was going to ask this a little bit later, but since we're on the topic now, I mean, as someone who works with young basketball players and and young students, what do you think this victory from the Raptors is going to do for kind of the grassroots of basketball in this country? Well, I think it's really raised the profile. I'm sure there's a lot of families, a lot of kids that uh, uh, maybe that just weren't aware of basketball or didn't realize the – just the magnitude of it. And I think it's just kind of made an awareness. Probably people are now going to be looking at what programs are available for their kids. And there's some great grassroots programs, the NBA junior league for, you know, for elementary age students. And, uh, and so I think that's something that uh, on Twitter, I know, for example, there's just been tons of posts of people saying, Hey, my grandkid, my child, whatever's out shooting around now. And, uh, and just, they were saying how many, um, you know, portable basketball nets that have been purchased and that are being put up. So I love that. I think it's great. And uh, I mean, there's so many benefits, I mean, from social and physical health, everything to basketball too. So I'm really excited. I think it's going to be 
um, make a major jump when you think about the, the jump that occurred when the Raptors came in 95 to when they then took Vince Carter. And Vince Carter, let's be honest, transformed. So many kids looked up to Vince Carter. Um, and that kind of started a wave in Canada. And I think this is going to even create a much larger wave. And it's been, you know, a generation coming through. And you look at Wiggins and um, all those guys that have really talked over the last probably five to eight years have said, you know, Carter was a guy they all looked up to as, as young, young kids. Um, and so now think about all these kids that just watched the Raptors win. And so just esteeming to be like Kawhi Leonard or, uh, or you know, just uh, um, just their favorite player. So I think it's going to be – I think there's going to be another wave, and I'm really excited to see what that looks like. I mean, we're realistically – our junior men's team is already number ranked two in the world. So what's that going to do? It would be great to see us even push the U.S. Uh, a little bit more. Yeah, and uh, maybe even in a, in a few years we'll have guys going to the uh, – NBA draft, a few more, but we already set a record with uh, six different Canadians. I think that's the most of any country besides the the states drafted in uh, one draft. Uh, what do you think about some of those players who were drafted? I know you watch uh, R.J. Barrett a lot as a Duke fan. For sure. Well, R.J. was my was my boy. I mean, he's a he's a Dukey, so I, I can't uh, I can't say that I um, I was uh, too upset. I mean, I was excited to see him, and I think what I'm really interested in seeing with R.J. is the fact he's going to the Knicks. And let's be honest, the Knicks, the NBA needs the Knicks to be good. I mean, they're just a, they're they're kind of like Manchester United. Them and the Lakers are just they have that history, right? And so I think it's good for the NBA to have the Knicks be strong, and I hope that R.J. is a part of that. I think he's going to be. Uh, um, uh, it's the guys, uh, the Draft Express guys, ESPN guys, we're talking about R.J. Bear, and a lot of people have been saying, can he pass, can he shoot? And I really believe in the NBA game, he's going to take his game to another level just because of the rules, the fact that they can't pack the zone. I think of Duke losing to Michigan State, and, and even in the playoffs, really, Duke had, a, had never had an easy game in March Madness. Every single game, you know, they almost won at the buzzer. And teams got smart realizing that Duke didn't have the shooters surrounding um, RJ and Zion. And so they they just packed the paint and put five guys in. And, and in the NBA, you just can't do that, right? They're spacing and they're such good. The NBA's put, and this draft actually put such a premium on shooters. They're looking for three and D wings. They want guys to be able to shoot the three. And I think um, when you look at the game where RJ played against uh, Syracuse, he just – he, you know, he put up 30-some points, but he had seven assists. And he just he just methodically had that attack, but he also was looking to attack with the pass. And I, I think he's a willing um, passer. He just has to be surrounding the right situation, puts shooters around him. I, I think he's going to also be a, a triple-double guy, like, consistently. And I think the NBA game is actually tailored much more for him. If he can enhance his shot from the outside, um, yeah, then I think he's uh, – I mean, he's he, on the attack. He's so tough to stop. So I think if he has that repertoire, he's um, he's going to be tough. So I think he's kind of the guy that I really um, am excited about, just from a personal standpoint. Obviously, as a Duke player, uh, to see him do well. But I think he, uh, from a Canadian standpoint, I'm really excited to see his uh, development. And he seems like a guy from uh, from what I've read and watched is someone who's going to put the hours in. He's the one. He's he seems very driven to to be uh, a great. Yes. Yes, that was kind of the – that's actually um, the feedback that a lot of people put in is that he has a desire for greatness. And, and he has that, that drive, that competitiveness. He has an understanding of the work that goes into it. And I think, I think for all these guys, as we kind of talk about them a little bit today, is that um, everyone is looking for the next Fred Van Fleet. I mean, a guy who – 
who will just go above and beyond and, you know, didn't even get drafted, um, but yet just put had such a, a dog mentality to just go out and work and grind. And I think that's what um, I think what all these GMs and presidents are kind of looking to draft is, hey, where's that guy that maybe is a hidden gem that just has that mentality to come out and just says, you're not going to stop me. Right. And I'm going to put the time and effort of work into to become a great player. And then we've got a, a pair of cousins now in the uh, NBA, Nikhil Alexander-Walker being drafted. Uh, uh, what's kind of your, your thoughts on him? Um, I like I, I saw someone describe him the other day as uh, he's kind of like a, a – I forget now. It's like a military, a Swiss Army knife. Almost like a well, the, he's like a jack of all trades. He's you know he can slash, he can shoot, he can play defense. Um, he can penetrate. He makes guys better. He's just got a really good um, all round game and uh, a little different than his than his cousin. His cousin really ha- epitomizes that point guard. Whereas I think um, Nikolai can really. Um, I think he, he's like more of that prototypical three and D we talked about. I think he's gonna be able to shoot the ball well. I think he's gonna be able to lock guys up and. Um, you know what's he going to uh, what's he going to look like um, over the next few years? Like I try, um, I'm thinking of the guy who played for Houston um, for the last couple of years. Then he got traded. He didn't play with them this year. I think he went to Washington. Ariza? Yes, like Trevor Ariza. Like I, I always have really appreciated Ariza's game. Like that, that you just could, you know, defensively he was really good. Shoot the ball. And can it be a little bit of like that type of a guy? I can see that role for him and and really carving out a niche and. Uh, um, definitely has the genetics and the family history, understands what it's going to take. And, uh, yeah, I think I think he's a guy that's that's going to do well. Pelicans could be a, a pretty fun team to watch with uh, Zion there, and they've got a bunch of other young guys. They did very well. Uh, they did very well in that trade, too, for the Anthony Davis. I don't know if people realize how, how well Griffin did, and uh, um, I think they're setting themselves up for the next few years to uh, to do well, regardless of even Zion. I mean, let's be honest, Zion is, is more generational. Um, it's it, But they, they you still got to have support cast, and you look at LeBron this year, right? I mean, LeBron's a, a generational player, but yet didn't even make the playoffs, and I think they're being smart surrounding him with great – um, they're, you know, they're getting collecting draft picks. They're collecting, um, you know, great type of young players. And I think so. I think the Pelicans have are building for the future. They're a team that's going to kind of like how Boston had done the last few years, had built up kind of a nice stash of, um, of picks and could trade whatever that looked like, just give them flexibility. That's what the Pelicans are doing. I You watch out over the next, I think, five years, there's a team to, that's going to be pushing for the top of the Western Conference. And uh, you mentioned Zion. Uh, I know he's not Canadian, but uh, he's what all the hype's around right now. So we'll talk about him for a minute. Do you think he's going to be able to live up to that hype? Do you think he is that one in a generational player? I think so. And what's what's really neat about him is just uh, is just how great of a passer he he is. And I think sometimes last year it hurt Duke a little bit how. Um, he he actually was too was too um, deferred too much, and I think he he was just hard to stop. Like the reality is, he's just a phenomenal athlete, strong, finishes well, sees the floor well, um, and I think uh, same idea. I think that just him and RJ are going to do well in the NBA because of the rules that are in place to to really to kind of encourage the offensive game, and uh, and I think that's going to uh, just enhance. So, yeah, I, I I think for him, I think we're all kind of interested, can he stay injury-free? Like, he's a bigger body. He weighs a lot. Um, he's just an unbelievable athlete. Um, and so can he also uh, improve his shot, right, his outside shot? Because if he improves his outside shot, he's going to be almost impossible to stop because his first step in athleticism is off the chart. Now, uh, another guy who's uh, getting a lot of credit for his athleticism, and he's been on the podcast twice now, Brandon Clark. 
Uh, he uh, was drafted by OKC, but that's traded to Memphis, uh, which is pretty much Raptors West at this point with all the Raptors there. Yeah. But uh, what, what do you think uh, he's going to be able to do in the NBA? He's he's one that I I mean it was neat to see Duke play play them in the, uh, in the Hawaii at uh, at the start the tip off there at the first of the year and uh, um, I mean wow quick holy cow can he ever get off the floor um, and and his blocking and and so he. Um, He's a guy that was a lot of questions. People were trying to figure out where he's he going to go in the draft. Can he? He's kind of that tweener, right? Like he's just at that size and everything else. His athleticism though is is amazing. Um, and you think, can if he can learn to shoot, you know, shoot it a little better uh, from the outside, it's just going to help him because uh, that four man has to be able to space the floor a little bit, right? But is he kind of like an Ibaka type of a player? You know, an Ibaka kind of has. If you think back to the years, really when he was with OK, OKC. He also could stretch the floor shooting that three, whereas I think Brandon Clark has that same type of potential. Um, you know, with his ability to block shots and challenge shots, he works hard. He has that right type of mentality. Um, so he's got the intangibles. I think if he can just develop, you know, that outside shot in today's NBA game, then I think there's gonna he's gonna be able to carve out a nice niche uh, here over the next decade in the NBA. It seems like uh, there's a lot of these players where we're saying they just need to work on their three point shot. And then there's been a lot of players in the past. I think of even like guys like Marcus Saul, who started out without a three-point shot, and then now it's uh, you, you have to guard a guy like him out there. How how easy is that to develop once you get into the NBA? Well, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of just time and effort, right? I mean, you think of Lopez this year for uh, for Milwaukee, right? I mean, that just changed that whole dynamic of that team with him being able to space the floor. It actually opened it up for Middleton, opened it up for everyone else, right? And Giannis had the ability then to be able to penetrate. They couldn't help off in the way that normally they'd be helping off on a big man like that. Um, and I just think that's the way that the game has gone because mathematically – you can you you can hit a couple threes and just percentage wise how many twos it takes right and so and and troop shooting percentage so it's it's kind of that um the way the game has transitioned and and, and it makes sense so i think that the big men um in you know really over the last five years have had to have the ability to stretch the floor so i think there's a premium on that the nba's put a premium so being able to get in the gym guys can definitely do it you know you can look at siakam he over the last couple of years he's trying to expand his game to shoot the three and, uh, and I think that's something that all these guys, um, I'm sure that the trainers are going to have them in the gym putting up just, you know, hundreds of thousands of threes. And then we've got uh, Dikembe Mutombo's nephew, uh, a Canadian, uh, coming in, Cabin Gelly. Uh, oh, he's going to go to the Clippers. What do you think about him? Um, I really like him. Actually, I, I would have, as a person, if I was a GM, I don't know if I wouldn't have had him in the top ten. Now, the part that I don't know about him is the intangibles. I don't know what he's like as far as a – um, as far as his drive and everything else. But I watched him play a lot this year. Uh, you know, they played Duke a few times. Um, he played well every single game against Duke, actually. But what I like about him, he can only stretch the floor. So he can shoot the three really well. He plays um, – he play, He rebounds well. He scored well. He's like a double-double machine in college, only as a sophomore. Um, and he's got great size, can stretch the floor. And uh, what I liked about him, too, was kind of that competitive nature. You could see it in the games like he just was – he had a competitive um, drive to win. The thing about F F FSU is that they roll eight to ten guys all the time. And so he only was averaging about 20 minutes a game, was sixth man of the year in ACC, didn't even start for the team. He was often their leading scorer and rebounder most games. Um, so I, I feel like he, in the right system, his his per 40 minutes would be off the charts. Um 
he's a guy that I in the Clippers. I mean, I think they made two unbelievable. Um, they 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 picked up a couple guys that I think are just epitomized that toughness. Um, and I, I think he's a guy that uh, I can see him actually becoming a, an all star. I, I think that he's a guy that I, I was high on going to the draft. That maybe even um, might have been the second uh, Canadian drafted if I was actually ranking who I thought how they'd go. Um, just because I think he has the size, the I, I, he just he he's kind of the epitome of the four man in the maybe even playing and playing the five. You know, kind of more in that in that right lineup um, in today's game. So he's a guy that I think if he puts the work in, he's he has the potential to be a really good player. Just don't tell uh, Kawhi how good he is. Just keep that under wraps because we don't really want him talking to the Clippers too much. Uh, and then you, <laughs> and then you've got a, a two two Canadians drafted in the second round, Iggy Brasdakis and uh, Marielle Shayok. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think those guys are, are players that are going to be able to, to stick around with their teams? Definitely. I'll, I mean, I'll go with um, Mariel first. I, I think he's a guy that um, that 3 and D we've been talking about, I think that's him. I think he's like the – pro-typical. I mean, he played for Virginia first, then went to Iowa State. And I almost think it was kind of neat. He went to Virginia, learned to play defense. Uh, you know, not learn, but just that's that was their culture, right? Let's be honest. Virginia's defense is unbelievable. So he got that real great, solid foundation. Then he goes over to Iowa State, and all of a sudden, now he redshirts and comes in, and he has to be their go-to guy. So now all of a sudden, he learns the offensive game, is is has that pressure on him. So he kind of become a nice, well-rounded player, um, learning how to score, and already come in with the defensive presence. So I think he's kind of that nice, that guy maybe off the bench that comes in that we can uh, that we can think of over the years that kind of has has been the three and D. So I think he has the potential to carve that out. He, uh, I think he definitely got the right um, work ethic and he and he seems like that tough guy to to, to play against. Um, Ignis is a guy that interesting. You know, we uh, he's he's I've seen we've seen so many types of players like this. That six foot eight guy, kind of shoot it. He's um, He's a little heavy, you know, and can you stay in really good shape? The NBA just abuses guys like this on defense, right? If you're just won't move your feet or can't move your feet, even if you're maybe not able to. Um, and so is he someone who can stay really good shape, can really learn to stretch the floor. He's going to have to be able to shoot it well, just punish guys that's in mismatches. Um, and that would be I, – I, I think he has that edge to him. I, I've seen that even in, in Michigan and just – you know, the way he communicates. I think he plays with a little chip on his shoulder. Um, and I think he needs to carry that. I, I just think with how he um, how he is. And he, I will say one thing. He got in really good shape this year with Michigan. I was impressed with when the start of the season, when I saw him, just how he leaned up. And I think he has to take that to another level at the NBA. Um, you know, he definitely um, definitely shot the ball um, pretty well this year and, uh, and, you know, was often their leading scorer. And so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. The Knicks definitely have uh, – have, have space for talent to come in and to I think he could definitely that's the right team to be on because of of where they're at um and so yeah he's he's one that I have a question mark on I think he has a potential I think he has potential I just he's going to have to really keep his body in great shape and and continue to I don't want him to be another like Nick Stauskas or something like that now he's a little bigger but um but that type of that type of another Michigan guy but that same type of career right like a Stauskas has kind of just never been able to really make his niche yet on a team, right? What's it going to be like for those two New York guys, uh, Braz Dacus and Barrett, if the Knicks get their wish and they pick up some some big free agents like a, a Kyrie or I guess Kevin Durant's a bit different because he'll be out for a year, but guys like that. Well, I I think uh, I think they're going to get RJ's going to obviously get all the minutes he he wants, right? Um, 
But I think there's an opportunity there that as the Knicks figure that out, are they going to bring in one guy or two? I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get one, even if Durant decide to sign and they, they waste, a, waste a year of him not playing. That's okay if their draft pick was still low and they pick up another guy the following year. You, you have to build talent, right? You have to have a foundation of talent there. Um, and I don't know that that's – and then the next year, if they – you know, they could probably – they still – I think they have two max spots. Um, then pick up someone else. Um, that's That gives these guys a year to just develop and play, right? And it's amazing what a year a year in the NBA can do for these guys. So um, so I think the Knicks are in a good place. They just have to be smart. I hope like I hope they don't go out and just sign anyone and mass – like they hope they're intentional. And it's um, – Philly, you know, I know they always comment about the process. But Philly did a good job in the process, and they understood it wasn't a one-year fix. The Knicks need to take that long-term approach and say, hey, in three to four or five years, then, you know, that's when we're looking to be just challenging at the at the top of the Eastern Conference. And now there was uh, some guys, some Canadians who didn't end up getting drafted. Was there any that kind of surprised you? Well, Dort was probably the biggest surprise in the NBA draft to, to everyone, right? I mean, Billis had him at the... Um, as the best available pretty much for, what, half of the whole entire first round, right? So, um, but there must have been something there that, that, that threw off some of those GMs, right? And I'm not sure what it was. Um, uh, maybe it was because you played for Bobby Hurley. I don't know. Bobby's, if you watch Bobby, he's a little crazy on the sidelines. But, um, but no, Dort, Dort was, uh, Dort was uh, and he's the Duke guy too, so just throw out that. that, um, that but I, I love it. He's, uh, anyways, Dort, um, Dort, you know, is kind of that tweener. So Dort, and I, I will jump down too at the same time. Combine Wigginson. Both of them are, you know, that six foot. We'll say between the six foot, six foot three. They're kind of bullish in their body type. Um, Dort kind of has the athleticism, right? And 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 I think the question is for both of them: Are they able to shoot it well enough? Where, where's their role? Like, are they? They're kind of that combo guard, which in college is great. We love combo guards in college, but in the NBA, they they just they're so because of spacing because of the rules they get switched into pick and rolls they get mismatches so can these guys really hone a, a hone a skill that really strengthens the team in other words can they shoot the ball well enough can they defend well enough what's that look like and i think that's the the um the question mark on Dort. i think Dort probably would have been selected right in the top three in the second round as soon as he didn't go in the first they immediately just said no we know where we want to go we know the situation and they just denied everyone in the second round pick so i think Dort would have been high high second um but i think he's the guy probably that has a lot of potential um, the other ones, uh, I'll kind of go down through them. Wigginson, you know, Wigginson's with the Raptors. Hey, he's a Nova Scotia boy. So, yeah. I mean, hey, I personally want him to do awesome, right? I mean, it's neat. To, this is our neck of the woods. So, uh, to see a Maritimes guy um, get in the draft and uh, and then to go with our Raptors, I mean, I'd love to see him carve out a niche. And, you know, the Raps are going to need some uh, um, guards because the reality is probably Lynn's not coming back. And is, is Wigginson potential to be like a Fred Van Fleet, right, type of a thing. And so – that's what uh, I'm sure that they're going to have to build up the uh, 905, and, you know, and stock those that you know that team. And so it'd be nice to have a few Canadians in there as well, right? So, um, Simi, uh, Simi is a guy I wrote down as a, in my notes here. Just I was that you know it's a shame two years ago he was he reminded me a lot of harry giles with duke and you know harry giles was like a was the number one ranked recruit for all that time had a massive injury had two injuries i believe actually for harry um and then coming into duke and just you know he's never he was never the he was never right his entire year at duke and so um simi had the same issue you know with the knee goes to vanderbilt is coming back off that injury and you look at 
Harry, the last, really the last year at Sacramento, he had a good season last year compared to what his previous three years were. And I think he's just kind of getting back into getting his body, all that. And I think Simi is, is the same. I think that's a I, – I would have been interested to see him um, – another year or two, uh, even another year. Uh, the reality is with uh, with the point guard, Garland, getting injured, that hurt Vandy this year. Um, and here's a guy who what, went top six, at least in the draft, Garland did. Um, and so uh, I just, you know, I, I think he's a guy that he was, Simi was very athletic. I think he still has recovering from that. Will he get his full athleticism back? That'll be interesting to watch. The guy too, um, I know the the Syracuse boy, the orange boy, um, O'Shea, um, he had a great uh, NBA uh, camp, the camp, uh, I think it's Portsmouth, they call it or whatever. Um, there was a few camps that they ran and he played phenomenal. In fact, they were raving about him. And he, at that time, everyone thought he was going to go back to Syracuse because of how well he played. He put his name in. So I had a feeling that someone had given a promise maybe in the second round, even, um, now he didn't get drafted, but, um, he's a guy that, um, it could be like a like a Dwight Powell. Do you know you know Dwight's carved out a nice niche for him. He has that you know that six eight six nine type of body, um, athletic enough. I don't know that Syracuse's style necessarily fitted his. Um, unfortunately, and he struggled to finish. He gets a good spot, so you know I watched him play enough, and and he just would miss bucket like easy baskets, right? And there's a, something to be said about guys who just have that touch. And I don't know if that's whether it was a system, whatever. But I think during the NBA pre camps he played well and he was scoring well and i think that people then saw okay this is his potential and then the last guy would be our tennessee boy kyle alexander who graduated so he went into the draft and he's playing with the heat in the uh in the summer summer league um you know he's your typical center six foot ten six foot eleven works hard um could he potentially carve out a role you know uh, maybe like uh uh, the guy with Orlando this year, the Canadian, um, Ken Birch, Ken Birch, right? Like that type of, uh, that type of a role and, uh, just rebound, play defense. And, and Birch's, um, per 48 this year was, was actually phenomenal. I think he might've been top five. Um, he, you know, in some stats, he had a really good season, um, you know, and, and could Kyle, you know, build into that type of, uh, uh, in that type of a role. And so anyway, there's just a, with this group we talked about, there's just a lot of potential, a lot of, um, uh, a lot of skill. These guys, I mean, you think about this. What would you just say? Six, there's 11 of them. 11 Canadians that are now playing in the, in all these guys that are playing in the summer league, right, um, that, that are coming out. Think of the, the talent. Just to get drafted or to get put on a summer league team, I mean, it's pretty phenomenal within one year for Canada. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a good chance just playing the odds that a few of these guys are going to make it and make it, you know, and do very well. Who would you say would be the most likely to be that Fred Van Vliet player, the one who does end up making it at the next level? Hmm, that's a that's a great question, a great question, and uh, um, I don't know because I guess like it's almost unfair to say that about the guys who actually got drafted because the reality is they actually got drafted. Van Vliet didn't get drafted, so picking one of the ones um, out of that. Um, yeah, I, I, Dort maybe. I mean, Dort realistically probably was a first round draft pick, so him, him making it would not be necessarily a shock. You know, maybe this will be a, a little you know kick to the to the ego and just be like how Fan Fleet just you know just gonna prove his his detractors wrong. Um, the other one that uh, that I could see is uh, is O'Shea. I mean, I just think 
he's got that he's got that Dwight Powell type of body, and I think he could, um, you know, if he wants to work at it and. Uh, um, and I also, I, I, he transformed his body. He was really looked in really good shape this year. Um, he, you know, he is uh, the type guy that could definitely um, play in the NBA um, and do all right. So I, I, I could see him. Uh, Simi probably has the most potential. I just, I always wonder, will he ever recover from the injury? In the same way that Harry Giles, will he ever recover fully from his, his, his injury and get that athleticism back? If he did, I think he could be a guy that could, that could be a, um, could be the, could be the uh, Fred Van Fleet type of player. What's this like for mean for the uh, the senior program having so many guys now? Just like I mean, they, it was a record last year of how many Canadians were in the NBA, and now there's more, and then there's tons of guys playing pro in Europe and all over the place. This has got to be a, a lot of good news for uh, the national team. Well, you wonder too. Um, there's always different factors. I mean, I know some of them. Uh, Wiggins had was having a had a child last summer and. All those factors. So being able to expand the pool, just the depth is, I mean, just like you mentioned, there's just so many now of them. A lot that are playing in EuroLeague, which to be honest, it's nice to have some of them play in the FIBA stuff. They understand the rules, the FIBA rules. They understand all situations, uh, when the foul, which which can be a little like taking away breakaway layups and stuff like that. And, uh, um, and they just are, you know, they understand the game, um, which is a little different. I do like the, I like the hire, the kind of the Canadian coach hire. Obviously, I know it's our Raptors guy, but and he's a champion. They just it raises the profile, it raises the um, the whole perception of the program. So now it's like, hey, there must be something here because we've got pretty much one of the top coaches in the world now coaching our our national team. Um, I'll be interested this summer to see in China who shows up. Uh, you know, I'd love to see. Um, uh, Walker for um, uh, Shea, Shea, and I'd love to see Murray and 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 some of those guards come together. I know Wiggins is has been said he's he's gonna play then not play or wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see you know him. Uh, I Kelly Olnick's already confirmed. Um, if we can get like Powell from uh, from the Mavs and then uh, and then RJ, hopefully RJ can play as well. I know they got summer league, but but really this 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 isn't going to be till at the end of August. I know they're committed to some games and things during August. Um, and then rounding that out with some guys, um, you know, as well from maybe overseas, a couple of guys. And uh, but um, but yeah, I, I you know Ken Birch, uh, who who's going to be there? And uh, and I think our depth showed up actually in getting us to actually qualify. The fact that we were able to have those guys come in and to be, I mean, they only lost what one or two games. They had a great um, a, pr- a great tournament. Um, you know the the America's qualifying the qualifying yeah. tournament uh, they had a great they had a great tournament I mean they they really played well dominated a lot of games and uh, and I think that's just a testament to this depth that we're talking about and that's I think our depth's going to only expand this pool is not going to get smaller this pool is going to get larger and I mean uh, for that those qualifiers I think I, I don't know if I have the number exactly right but 36 different players played on those teams which is uh, which is pretty impressive and you mentioned Nick Nurse too uh, I think the fact that he's had so much experience at various levels of basketball, not just the NBA, so he's going to have kind of that broader understanding, which I thought was really helpful for the Raptors this year and obviously is, is going to be really hap- uh, helpful internationally. Um, is there any players who are, will be going back to college next year or just going into their first year? I know we're a little uh, <laughs> far away from that, but I know you're, you're always watching that stuff. Is there anyone you're uh, keeping your eye on? Yeah, well, um, Andrew Nembard, I mean, I think he's a guy who's going to get drafted in the first round next year. So I'll be interested to see how he does with Florida. I was hoping he'd be on our under-19 world team, which kicks off this weekend in Greece. 
Um, but uh, I'll be interested in his development. I, I think he's a guy. He just he's, he needs to develop his shooting. That's that's the reality. That's his Achilles heel. He had some big shots this year in the even the SEC tournament. Um, but I think if he can expand, he's got the size. He's got the you know he's taller. Um, he's got a younger brother who just played on our under under 16 team I think it was um, that qualified for Worlds for next year um, and in the same way just uh, being able to expand that shooting game uh, for him the other one would be AJ Lawson for with uh, South Carolina um, he's actually playing with the under 19 team so just those two guys returning I think kind of are the marquee names that I'd say that uh, that are coming back just to be able to uh, to see how they do and we've got some Canadians that have transferred like Marcus Carr um, you know how is he going to uh, he's at Minnesota so he sat this past year and uh, and uh, I'm sure that maybe when we get closer to the fall we'll get together and go over the NCAA <laughs> yeah, again um, sure. just in preparation but it's uh, um, but there's some guys that are that are coming in and, and over the next couple of years like an Addison Addison Patterson we've got the kid Elijah Fisher right now who's the uh, grade nine um, that's playing for Crestwood um, that you know that that is kind of all being the the, the rage and uh, so there's some there's some real nice kids that are coming down through the uh, down through the uh, kind of the the tunnel there um, for the future that um, that are that are kind of that next generation. But Elijah Fisher, it'll be interesting to see um, his athleticism is just you know off the charts, and so he's in grade nine and uh, and he's kind of the next hot thing, you know, ranked one or two in uh, in all of North America right now. So another name just to keep a keep an eye out for. And uh, we talked about Lindell Wigington a little bit earlier, and he's from uh, Nova Scotia, Dartmouth. And it, do you think that now that we've had kind of this rap, the Raptors have been big this year, they won the championship. Do you think we could see more players going to the higher levels from not just the Ontario area? Because mo- most of these guys, a lot of them are, are uh, Ontario based in the GTA. Do you think this could start to see? more people coming from those smaller parts of Canada? For sure. I think, uh, I think too, there's, a, there's something to be said just about the competition. The reality is that when you have such a great pool of, um, of resources, then just a numbers game, the competition is at a higher quality, higher level. Um, but, you know, the reality is, too, you think even for us here on the East Coast, like Boston's not too far away, and really even New York, you can access high-level, I mean, New England really actually, New England has the high, uh, probably the top-ranked high school prep league in the U.S. So it's not that it's not accessible for us to play high-level competition. Um, and so I think as more the pool bronze, and all of a sudden now if we doubled or tripled the amount of kids playing at that level, the reality is there's going to be more Wigginsons coming out of the Maritimes. Just like the reality is, look at hockey. We have tons of hockey players that have come out of the Maritimes um, and done very well, right, at the, at the highest levels. And so I think basketball is no different. I think we just have to have a, more of an awareness as more kids come in. Then, yeah, the more I think the, the, the results will be, there will be more Wigginsons down the road come from a New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland PEI. Awesome. You think Kawhi's gonna stay? <laughs> I I think he is. I think he is. Now, interesting. Just on this quick, I know a lot of people are saying one and one, but they're actually saying a two and one is actually a better deal for him, mm-hmm. uh, a significant better uh, better deal. So it'll be. Uh, I I I have a feeling he does. I, I don't. I just I think that there's a comfort level, and it was neat to see him celebrating with his teammates. You could tell there was something there with those guys. 
and I think trust is a huge part. Uh, I think he's smart to go and listen to. I think he should be going and you know the Clippers, whether it's the Lakers, whoever it is. I, you know, it's good to to check that out. Um, hopefully, that'll only confirm what the Raptors have done. I love uh, Masai. I love his confidence, and I also believe that even if he doesn't, Masai will radically use this opportunity I mean, he's been so smart he's got he's got lowry coming off abaca gasol could potentially even opt out now so he has the potential to really do a massive flip bring a couple guys in develop i mean he's got siakam he'll probably he'll probably um book him up um sign him up for long term so you can build around you know it's nice to have those three key guys so siakam's gonna be there long term you know as lowry kind of goes um you know comes to the end of his his contract and you know what's that look like over the next couple of years he hasn't he doesn't have his hands tied you look at yeah. so many franchises right now and their hands are tied or cat not cap friendly the raptors kind of have the best of both worlds right now they can real they can kind of switch gears and and they have the flexibility to be able to do that and so they're sitting in a good place right now yeah and uh you, you mentioned there uh Kawhi leonard uh maybe taking meetings with the clippers and the lakers mm. it's funny that the clippers pitch is basically the Raptor, a younger version of the Raptors, like uh, <laughs> trying to be the Raptors. So uh, hopefully, hopefully he uh, he takes that one. But uh, thanks for uh, coming on and and uh, chat with me about some of these players. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. And it's funny uh, when we chatted last time, we were mentioning some of these players, and now here they are. I know we talked about R.J. Barrett and Nikhil Alexander Walker, and now these guys are uh, getting drafted. So. Uh, people, it's safe to say that you know your stuff. So I appreciate you, you chatting with me. Oh, good to be here. Looking forward <laughs> to being back another time. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. That was John Macklin, headmaster at Fredericton Christian Academy, longtime basketball coach and hardcore college basketball fan. I can't think of anyone I know who watches more college hoops. As you heard, he uh, very clearly knows his stuff. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please make sure to leave a rating and review uh, reviews do a lot to make sure other people get to hear this podcast. And this is a this is the season of Canadian basketball. That's what it's all about right now. People are all over it. So uh, I'm sure your friends wouldn't mind if you share the link and wrote a little review. I know I would appreciate it a ton. Uh, and uh, if you do that, I will. Yeah, that'd be great. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening.